welcome to my show, The Thriving Woman. I am your host, Carmel Austin, founder of Carmel's Garden. I will be sharing keys about journeying into wholeness and forming healthy hearts. Tune in to hear amazing stories of people around the world who will uplift and encourage you to be your authentic self. I so look forward to seeing you in there. Hello and welcome to my show, The Thriving Woman. I'm just so excited. It's actually this evening for me and this morning for my friend Anne. Anne is a coach. She, um, her and her husband have journeyed together with their marriage through healing. And one of the main things that she really focuses on is how you can survive and thrive in your marriage. So I met Anne through Facebook. We had a lovely coffee date together. And now here we are. It's 6am for her and 8pm for me here in Australia. I'm going to introduce Anne and ask her where she comes from and a little bit about where she's going with her life and her career. So welcome Anne to my show and thank you for coming on and would you like to share with my audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you, Carmel, for having me on the Thriving Woman podcast. I'm just so excited to be here and to talk about my journey into wholeness, especially through my marriage. It's really been a catalyst to propel me into wholeness. And so, yes, my name is Anne Visser, and I have been equipping individuals and organizations for well over 20 years now to help them communicate in a way that aligns with their values. I am a John Maxwell coach, speaker, and trainer with For Better Forever, which is the company that I co-founded with my beloved husband, Malis. And I, so I coach, I teach, I train on subjects of communication and leadership, and I'm passionate about relationships and mindset and personal growth because it's just had such a tremendous difference in my life. And so I've been privileged to train couples and, and women as well in communication skills and conflict resolution. Um, I've been blessed to, to go into schools and teach young people. Uh, the program that I teach there is how to avoid falling for a jerk. Uh, it's been written by Dr. John Van Epp, and I just love that program. And I was just in on Friday to a school and get to interact with students. And I just, I love it. And I've had the opportunity to travel with John Maxwell himself to teach values-based leadership skills in Paraguay. What a trip. And I traveled with a hundred other coaches. It was about 150 other coaches. And I met so many wonderful coaches from around the world. And we were all there together to teach junior high students. And that was such a blessing too. And I've also taught addicts in recovery in our local jail as well in a recovery home for addicts. Um, to help them change from the inside out to support their sobriety. 
And I just love that journey with them as they journey into wholeness away from addiction and, and into more of who God has made them to be. And so, and then I also have a membership for Christian women. It's called the Sisterhood Journey Membership. And that's where we talk about the four lanes of communication. We talk about God talk. We talk about self-talk and people talk and leadership talk as well. So you asked where I was from, Carmel. Fun fact. Uh, I am from Prince Edward Island, Canada. And so if any of your listeners are familiar with Anne of Green Gables, the fictional character written (laughs) by, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's written by Lucy Maud Montgomery. I live in Anne's land. Sometimes I call myself the other Anne. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so Malice and I have been married for 42 years. And we are a potato farming family here on Prince Edward Island. And so I'm the mother of five adult children. And I'm the Nana to 11 amazing grandchildren. I'm so blessed to to have my grandchildren. So that's who I am. I'm on a mission to, I really want to equip individuals and organizations to communicate, you know, in a way that aligns with their values, because we don't want to be that person that something magically happens when our feet touch the pavement of the church parking lot and we become somebody amazing and different in that moment. We want to be congruent and, you know, consistent all the way through in our home as we are in our churches and in our community. So that's what I help women in particular and couples as well to do. Wow. And you have a very big um, rip. I can't say the word. <laughs> it's long. And this morning, my time, Anne sent me these beautiful photos from um, her property. And she actually said to me as well that one of her hobbies is she's an amateur artist and yes. photographer. So, you know, it's interesting as we go along in life, we learn a little bit more about somebody when they share. But today we're talking about journeying into wholeness. And I know for me, um, as a wholeness life coach and someone who um, finds art and as a therapy and it keeps me balanced, I find that if I'm not doing my art and I'm not being creative the way God made me to be, I get very unbalanced. So then I'm not whole and I'm not in that place where I am journeying into wholeness because I really feel that it's a path that we walk on. What do you think about that, Anne? Do you feel it's a path that we choose to walk on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, it's part of my worship. My God is a creator, right? And so for me, it's a part of my worship. And for me, it's a, that path is essential because it's, um, it's soul food for me to create something. And it comes from him originally. And then he inspires me because everything that I see in this beautiful place is created by him. And so, and sometimes what I love about photography as an amateur photographer, I'm not a professional by any means, but as as an amateur, I go out and I see nuances of light. And I'm sure you see that as well when you're creating Carmel, like these nuances of light and how the light hits a, a tree or the leaves of the tree or the sun or the water. And then, but I can't see it really on the screen very well because it's so tiny. But then I come back and I put it on a bigger screen and I'm like, oh, 
thank you, Lord, you made this. And for me, it's just soul food. I just, it does help me to thrive. And when I'm not doing very well, there's nothing better for me than to get outside and to go for a walk because it's action and it's movement. And that's always good for us, our body and our mind. But then also to see what God has made and then to to capture it and then to um, rejoice in what he has made. Oh, absolutely. I love photography as well. And I love to walk on my beach and, um, you know, just take everything in. And sometimes I choose not to use my camera. I just choose to take it in in my mind and in my soul and let the water wash over my feet and the sand in my and watch my dog play and run and just you know, take it all in. And other times I can take 50 photos when we're at the beach (laughs) because I'm in that creative space and I'm taking those photos and I'm thinking about how I'm going to share that with my audience with, um, you know, I have my TV and podcast show now and I have my group, The Thriving Woman, as well on Facebook. And I actually have about six platforms now that... um, people can hear me on, which is just an absolute honour. And, you know, I just recently asked just once, um, because this is a new journey for me, and this is how Anne and I connected. And when we're talking about journeying into wholeness, you know, my latest, my my, my first book that I had the absolute privilege of co-authoring with women around the world, This is talking about journeying into wholeness. And I share a very deep, um, sad story about my husband and my life and how I just touch on that my children are not with us, they're in heaven. And But as a couple, we have still moved through 40 years of being together and 37 years of marriage. And when I connected with Anne only last week, I could see her passion of how she wanted to help um, marriages survive. And there are a couple of things that you said to me, Anne, that really um, stood out to me. So would you like to share a couple of keys with my audience about the things that you teach a husband and a wife or it may not just be in marriage, just in relationships, mm-hmm. about how you connect with each other that's healthy. Mm. I, If I could start back just about where I started, mm-hmm. Carmel, because that matters, because I want my people to know I haven't always been good at this and I'm on a personal journey to continue to thrive. And so it's not like I'm, I, I feel like I'm always the student. Yes, so, And so I fell in, yeah. And so I fell in love at 15 with this guy, blonde hair, blue eyed Dutchman that I simply could not outrun. <laughs> long legs and I and I was fast but I was not fast enough and so that summer um, I didn't see him again that fall I met him in school and I started to write him notes in school and uh, I would sit in his desk during social studies and I didn't do very well in social studies because I was quite distracted <laughs> 
And so I pursued him and eventually we did get a, I did get a date with him. That's all I really wanted was a date, but he was thinking much more long-term and we, but I fell head over heels for this guy. And, and we had this very uh, passionate uh, love story where then three years later we married. And I still remember the photographer saying to us, I've never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other. We were just so crazy in love. And then we had five, I was pregnant one month after I was married and very, very sick on the couch. And we had five children in six years. Wow. And he, and he was working on the farm and he's, he was very, he is very busy. He was very busy. And I often felt like a single mom and I wasn't doing very well. And I felt like I was alone in our marriage. And so on this particular night, I was at the bottom and I said to him, we were on a date. We were in our farm truck sitting outside of our, fa- our favorite restaurant. And, and I said to him, I can't do this anymore. And he said to me, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I could see that panic in his eyes. And, and I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. I am so tired. We just go around and around the same old things. We never resolve anything. And I, I am so hurt. I can't do this anymore like this. And something in how I said it or what I said, I don't, I just stumbled on it that night because what I, what we were doing wasn't working. And I stumbled on something different that night and it actually opened him up instead of closing him down before, when I tried to talk about this, he would kind of clam up and close up. But this night he opened up and he shared that he wasn't doing very well either. And I didn't even know because I was so busy caring for five little ones and, and, and looking after myself and I wasn't doing very well. I missed his pain, but that night I heard him and he heard me and we both agreed that we would get the help that we needed in order to get well. And by the way, I think it's the most brilliant thing to do. (laughs) I think it's the bravest thing to do is to get the help that we need. And I believe that every person will need help at one point or another. And oftentimes it's more than one. And I think it's so important to get good help. But it was that pivotal conversation that changed the trajectory of my life and the trajectory of our marriage and took us into that journey of wholeness and healing. And so we were, we, uh, that very next day, I went to my mother-in-law's house because she had a whole wall full of self-help books. And I pulled from her library, uh, Making Love Last Forever by Dr. Gary Smalley. And we devoured the book together. But we not only read the book, we applied the lessons we were learning because we were so stinking desperate for help, we started to apply the lessons, even the lessons we didn't like, which (laughs) one of the first lessons was conflict is the doorway to intimacy. And that's what I teach my people. You know, conflict is not a bad thing, but how we do conflict can bring us closer together or it can pull us further apart. So conflict is the doorway to intimacy as into, into me, you see. So when we have a really good conflict, Carmel, I like, I get to see into you and you get to see into me. We understand each other better. And not only that, and this is what I love about conflict now because I hated it back then and avoided it like the plague, which was a big part of our problem. We were avoiding conflict and that's detrimental to marriage and to really strong relationships. They don't get strong without conflict. But when we conflict well, then I also get to see into me and more of my heart. And I love that about conflict. It's not just for us 
It's for me too. And it helps us to thrive because we learn new things about ourselves in the midst of conflict. And so this was a brand new journey for us and for me. And these are the very things that I, getting back to your question, these are the very things that I teach my people. Conflict is the doorway to intimacy. How do we conflict in a way that will bring us closer, emotionally close, close that emotional space, that distance that we felt in our marriage? I call it creeping separateness because that's what it felt like it like it just kind of crept up on us but it was a separateness that I couldn't stand I knew what love felt like I wanted to get back to that love again and very soon we had new hope and that was a choice that we made to walk that journey but then we had to walk the journey and that was much longer the process is longer than the choice the choice is important and then is the process to to get well and to journey into that wholeness to learn so we were not a toxic couple we were a, we were a difficult i would call us a difficult couple we did not have the skills that we needed in order to be in a healthy relationship. And we needed those skills. We needed to learn new ways to communicate, new ways to conflict. We needed to deal with some beliefs and stories that we were telling ourselves that weren't true about each other and about myself. I was telling myself stories that weren't true about myself. And we needed to deal with those things in order to have a better relationship and to feel more close and connected. I really believe love is all about connection and you can feel it when you're connected to somebody, right? Carmel? I mean, right away we hit it off and you can, you can sense that, that connection that we have. And, and so I believe that love is all about how do we connect with one another deeply and so that's what we've been working on. And it's been over 20 years now that I've been working with individuals and couples. I know it's it's like I know I have such hope in my heart for people because if I can learn how to have these effective pivotal conversations, because I am a like listen to it, I am a peace lover. I am a conflict avoider. I am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> I know that other people can, can learn to have these important conversations to help to build, to have a thriving journey. And interestingly enough, the journey wasn't just a marital journey, but it was a personal growth journey that I, it was like this train that I got on that I will never, ever get off because it has impacted me in a way um, that, is unbelievable. I ran into a woman that I had met uh, 20 years ago and I've since worked with her. And she said, like, she said, I'm with you because of the change I see in you. I cannot believe that this is the same Anne that I met 20 years ago. That's because of that personal growth journey into the thriving that, mm -hmm. that I am doing and that we are doing together. Yeah, well, you know, and it's really interesting. I met my husband a week off 17 and we were married when I was 19. And, you know, my husband's just turned 60. So, you know, one, the years go by very quickly. Yeah. Um, and two, particularly I found through this season of COVID, we've really had to work hard on our relationship. We've had to work hard on um, hearing each other, hearing where we're going. And I know over the years I've had to ask God to help me put the love on 
to, um, you know, help the love regrow in your heart. And I'm sure my husband has gone through that as well. He's um, a lot quieter than what I am, but he expresses himself, you know, in a different way towards me. I wouldn't be able to even be doing these shows without his support. He's out there working, providing for me for our home and all the beautiful things that I have. He loves to, you know, my one of my love gifts is jobs. I like to have my jobs in my house done and that was something that my dad taught me and I loved as well. And we often marry someone similar to our parent. And I loved my dad. I just recently had to lay my dad to rest and I know now he's in glory with my mum and they were married for 70 odd years and look honestly my parents fought all the time but one day my husband said to me why do you buy into it and I went what he said why do you buy into their behavior They're, it's over with them within a couple of minutes and you're getting all stressed about it and when I started to actually listen I said why didn't you tell me this 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> and it's true you know we can say how we feel we're the sort of people that we just say it how we feel and it's over with mm. um but we can have things that build up as well so we're all on that road to journeying into wholeness and thriving mm. and I um, think the work that you're doing is so amazing. Would you like to share with my audience your website and where they can contact you, Anne? Yes, absolutely. So my website is, my company is For Better Forever. And so my website is For Better Forever. And you can find me on the web. I'm on Facebook, Anne Visser. And I also have a seven-day challenge to, it's a free resource if your audience would like to tap into that, Carmela, is that okay if I, yes, I pass that along? Yes. Okay, it's a seven-day challenge to help you prepare for your next pivotal conversation because often it's the preparation that we're lacking and to be able to check our emotion, to be able to know what's going on. And, and that was one of the skills that I had to learn so badly was to understand what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What do I really want here? And so we help people to prepare for their next pivotal conversation with this seven-day challenge. So each day you'll receive a short video and a simple action step to take in that day. And that will help you get ready for your next pivotal conversation so that you don't actually sabotage the, the conversation before you even start, because that is so easy to do. And so that seven-day challenge is at four better. That's the numerical number, by the way, four better. And the numerical number again, forever.com forward slash challenge. And that's the best way to stay in touch with me when you sign up for that seven day challenge. Then you will also be getting our e weekly email, which is called the Tuesday Brew with Anne because I love coffee. <laughs> Tuesday Brew with Anne. And that's where I share weekly communication tips to help you communicate in a way that aligns with your values. My people are so kind. Um, they're so agreeable. They want to communicate better. They want their people to know that they love them. Sometimes they get get stuck and they just need a little boost. They need a little help. And I want to help people to communicate in a way that, you know, tomorrow I'm really happy with the way that I communicated today. 
<laughs> the choices that I made and the skills that I've learned in order to communicate in a better way. Well, and that sounds like a wonderful resource that you're giving away for people. And I know being with my husband for 40 years or just relationships with your family, with your neighbours, with people down, you know, at church, nobody wants to sabotage. That's one of the things that I um, help my women with areas of self-sabotage that mm. I know when I do it myself, I get into that mind game and, and I, you know, you can pull yourself down and you're not in that place where you're encouraging yourself and moving forward. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. And thank you for sharing that with um, us today, Anne. So, Anne, um, I would like you just to share a little bit more too about that area of creativity where you sound like with me that when I'm being creative, it keeps me balanced because we are people, if we're not journeying into wholeness and leading the way, if you agree with me with this, then we can't show anybody else what we're doing. So when we're working on ourselves, we're recognising it, we're being honest with our family, our audience, our friends. And, you know, sometimes I get that aha moment and I go, oh, my goodness, I've had that same thought as that person for years and God shows it to me and I go, oh, Okay, I recognize that. I've spoken to that person about that and I'm actually doing the same thing. You know, God help me with that because I don't want to be like that because that's not a great trait to have. So, you know, and as we let go of our expectations and we let go of the things that can confide us in our mind or in our choices and those areas of of sabotage that we do so regularly for us to ourselves and to our family or to our um what we think that could happen and often the 101 things that are negative never happen and just walking into that phase of healing with that so um can you just share a little bit more about that that you what you found with the people that are using your free gift what they find is good out of that yeah absolutely so it's really interesting because often women come to me for help but they're looking for help and basically they're saying change him mm, which doesn't it's not the way <laughs> <laughs> and then what God does is, you know, one of the first exercises, and this is a great exercise for your people, is I, I get them to write out a paragraph. What am I like to live with? And mm. there's nothing like taking personal responsibility to move forward. It's really empowering. It's very disempowering to wait for the other person to change because we have absolutely no control over the other person, but I can change myself or I can, you know, allow God to do that work that 
that whole, it's holy work, that holy work that he wants to do. And so when we invite him into that, he shows us those little nuances, you know, of intention or our motives, the motives of our heart. He shows us the things that are keeping us stuck and that are not allowing us to move forward. I remember one day I was sitting at our kitchen table with our daughter, our adult daughter, and I was talking with her about a conversation that I needed to have with our son. And then I just, it was about boundaries. And I just blurted out, I just don't trust him. And my adult daughter looked at me. She's so wise. And she said, mom, that's awful. You need to do something about that. <laughs> well, don't you love it when your kids do that? So I, I knew as soon as it was out of my mouth, I knew I had a problem. You know, there was something going on up here, some story or some lie that I was believing about myself or about him. I went to my thinking chair. I call it my thinking chair, Carmel, where I, you know, spend time with God. I went to my thinking chair and started to pray about it. And very quickly, I have a journaling exercise that I do. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What do I, what, what am I concerned about here? And what do I really want? And very quickly, God pointed me back to 2005 when we had really significant challenges raising this young man and my emotions were stuck in 2005. They weren't current with today. And so later that day, when I, that was like a big aha moment. I was like, okay, that's not where my son is. He's not there. He is, he's like, he wasn't there anymore. And so later that day, when I had that conversation with him, it was over in no time at all. But because I checked those emotions and checked those motives, checked in with God to say, like, where am I here on this? If I had have had that conversation before I did that check in with God, I would have sabotaged that pivotal conversation because my story in my head was he's difficult. Like he I can't trust him. And so I was protecting my own heart. And that conversation, it would have gone sideways if I had have had that conversation. That's one of the thing I love, things that I love to teach my people. So three C's of pivotal conversations, check emotions. Number one, do your prep work. Sit with the Papa, sit with Heavenly Father and do that prep work. Do your journaling work so that you know where your heart is and you know what it is that you're really asking for. Because oftentimes it's not really the surface issue that we're fighting about there's something more underneath it and when we do our own prep work and we check those emotions we can come and have a soft startup which is what dr john gottman talks about which is he i believe it's 93 percent. he can predict the outcome of conversation based on how it starts and so if we can have that soft startup and we can start well, we have a much better chance at success and getting what it is we really want. And oftentimes it comes from a better heart and a better place because we've already checked our emotions. We've checked in with God. You know, I used to think it was such a selfish thing to ask for what you want. And now I realize, wait a minute, people don't know. They don't know. No. They don't know you. No. They don't. They don't know what you want if you don't tell them what you want. And more often, Absolutely. you know, if you're with reasonably kind people, they want to love you, but they can't if we're not vulnerable enough. And that's one of the reasons why we shy away from pivotal conversations, because we don't want to be vulnerable. We cannot be known unless we are vulnerable. And so to begin those begin a pivotal conversation. We need to check emotions. Number two, we say that we need to clarify and communicate. So we invite the other person 
to, we not only share those thoughts, feelings, the exercise we just did, the thoughts, the feelings, what's troubling me and what I really want, but then we invite the other person to share their thoughts and feelings, what they really want. And then we work together at the third C, which is create we solutions. And I don't, I just think it's so much better. You know, in business, we talk about buy-in. You know, we talk about buy-in and like, are you bought in? You know, you know, when somebody's really bought into what they're doing, right? Like they just believe in it. They just know that this is what they want or this is the way to go. Well, the way to get buy-in in a couple or in a family is to do it together. Uh, and when we see the other person, they're a part of the solution. That's so much better than seeing them as a part of the problem. Yes, absolutely. And it's very interesting. And as you share, I um, often coach a lot of women into that place of wholeness and I help them find their voice. I help them not um, feel guilty when they're looking after themselves. I help them be able to take that time out where they can do the things they enjoy without feeling guilty and be able to make those choices in their lives and the steps towards wholeness where they're happy with who they are instead of often feeling crushed by their emotions that might have came in when they were a child with their parent or their sibling or things, different situations that have arisen in their lives. You know, someone who I've, I've done coaching for years, just never been a certified coach till I did my training. And so, you know, people may think, you know, oh, how all of a sudden, how'd you get into this position? Well, it's because I, I've been doing it for years. I've come along women and their children and families. And I have a gift where I can speak into people's lives and perceive what's happening and speak life into them. And that's a privilege to have mm. that gift. And I think, and that was the thing that when we connected, there's so much of our lives and the things that we do are very similar. And, you know, as a wholeness coach and, um, you know, having this um, platform is to let people see that it's okay to be kind to yourself. It's okay to say, I have these emotions, I have these feelings, I have these thoughts and I can do actions towards changing those things and my greatest delight which I'm sure it is yours as well Anne is to see our clients grow and see them become confident and make make decisions that are nourishing and they're thriving in their season of life so it sounds like there's just so much depth there in what we've been chatting about today Anne and thank you so much for putting up your hand and saying you'd like to come on to my show just in closing Anne I would just like you to um, finish off with what is it you have said to me your husband still works very hard and now you know your children are grown and you have many grandchildren what is it that you do 
other than your photography that nurtures you so that you can keep on giving out to others? <laughs> Takes a lot to look after me, Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put that out there first. So we're having this podcast at 6 a.m. I am often up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, we have breakfast together. We pray together. That's important to me. Then I I have a schedule that I I'm not naturally inclined to a schedule. So I make myself do this for my own soul food, my own soul health. I exercise or I move or I walk. I do something in the morning. I belong to, I, I bought a membership for exercise because uh, when it gets cold here, I want to be able to do that in my house if I don't want to go outside because um, we have snow, Carmel. <laughs> but I also have skis. Like I move. I love to move. And so it's a part of my everyday. Um, I make sure that I sit and I have some quiet time with God. That's really important to me. I have uh, right now I have the leadership Bible from John Maxwell that I'm reading through and I'm thinking about it. As I'm reading through it, I'm thinking about it in from the perspective of communication and how are these people communicating and what's working and what's not working? What are the principles that I can draw from God's word on communication as I learn more because I'm always a student? And um, the other thing that I do is I make sure that I see people. It's really important for me. I work at home. It would be very easy not to see anyone all day all the time. And then when my husband's working long hours, I don't even see him. Right. Mm -hmm. Last night he was home at 10 o'clock at night. And my husband's yeah. at work now and he won't be home till midnight. Uh, oh, I familiar, understand, totally understand. <laughs> and so to be perfectly honest with you, one of the ways is that I get to meet women from around the world, like you, beautiful women from around the world. And this is, I love these connections, but I also have very good friend here. We have a coffee date coming up uh, on Saturday. I look forward to that. I make sure I see my kids regularly. I have my mother-in-law, like people. I just, I, I'm, I'm on the line. I'm an introvert, but I'm on the line to extroversion. So I do need people and I do need to make sure that's part of my care is to make sure that I'm not isolating myself, that it would be not good for me. And that's part of my soul care. And um, what else do I do? I make one of the things that I do, I call it the pause. And so if I'm having a busy day and I haven't had time to do one of those things, uh, for instance, this this is kind of interfering with my, my time, but that's okay. But I will make sure that if it's a busy day, I go to the window. I call it the pause. I go to the window and I just delight for a moment in what I see. I just delight. I might even step outside and I just delight in what I see. And I look for the nuances that God has made. Uh, and it just, it feeds my soul to take the pause. And it's like a moment of worship throughout my day. And I might do that several times throughout the day. And I, so I call it the pause. I also, when I walk to the beach, I, I call it the morning pause. And I'll, sometimes I'll share that video on my Facebook feed. Um, and it's just so soul feeding and it doesn't take any time. It doesn't have to take any time to just to step outside, to look around and to rejoice and just to, to thank God for what he's made and for this day. And I, I, my husband and I also do an exercise every night. And this is important because it's good for me. 
it's we do the high low appreciation so even when he's busy even last night when he came home late at night we do this exercise where we ask each other what was the high point of your day what was the low point of your day i'm really hoping i'm not the low point of his day but sometimes i am <laughs> but we don't debate that we don't have that conversation at that time and then we finish with what do you appreciate about me today and I just love that exercise. It's a moment of connection. But what I find when we, we've been doing this for about 20 years now, and what I find is I see myself looking for the high point in the middle of my day, which is like a gratitude exercise, right? I think it's so important to live with a heart of gratitude and that the cup is half full. There's lots of ugly in the world, mm. but my cup is half full and God is good. And I can't live bearing the whole world's burden. Somebody else came to do that Absolutely. for us. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I do for soul care. I do not listen to the news regularly. I keep up with what's happening through my husband, maybe, or um, I will listen a little bit but I do not feed on the, the news. And I belong to a community called the John Maxwell team. And he is just what a breath of fresh air in the mid when COVID started, he came out with a series of living through adversity uh, and thriving in adversity. And I listened to that series and then I taught it to my people. So I have leaders in my life as well that helped me to stay on that soul care journey that I'm not spiraling down with the rest of the world because God is the hope. He's my hope. He, and we live, we're people of hope Carmel. Yeah. And so I listen to my leaders as well and follow good people who um, have integrity and live a congruent life. That's important to me. And so those are the things that I do for, so it takes a lot to take care of me, Carmel. <laughs> Well, I think it takes a lot to take care of all of us if we are willing to put all of those things into place. I get up three mornings a week and I do my exercise before I turn on my social media. I make sure I'm, you know, taking that time out. Like you said, I go out in the backyard and I play with my puppy. I go out into the sun. I actually don't sit here in my office where I'm recording. I sit in my family room where I can see the sky. I can see my grass. I can see my beautiful orchids. Um, you know, I, I, I don't thrive unless I go and put my toes in the grass and on, you know, all of those things. So, you know, it sounds like we've got a very similar journey, Anne, in where we're going. And that our heart is to see families and women and often to children and teenagers, stopping them from um, making those tough, hard decisions and that they um, can make wise ones in their life so that we can be there helping them along without them making those mistakes. Mm. So with wrapping up today, I would like to thank you all for joining The Thriving Woman. I have just recently um, announced my new book, The um, artist haven where I'm inviting creatives into that space so if you're watching today and you would like to chat with me please reach out and connect to me at carmelsgarden.com or on my Carmel Austin 
page as well. There's lots of that as well. And I thank you, Anne, again for chatting with me today. And I look forward to connecting with you all and I'll see you in the next show. God bless you all.